This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good afternoon, tennis fans, uh, and it is a good afternoon if you are a fan or even a coach of Liam Brody, of course, because, well, why, David? Why is today a good day? Um, well, today's a good day because he's playing semifinals of the Challenger in Saint-Tropez, uh, and hopefully he can go a couple of steps further. Uh, but it's also a good day because by winning yesterday, he cracked the top 100 for the first time, which has been a goal for a long, long time. And in 2014, when, uh, when you know, he was ranked 150 in the world, if you had said it would take another nine years to, to actually get there, uh, I think uh, I would have... Uh, I would have thought twice about the job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've had, I'm glad you took us back to the beginning because although I know we only have half an hour, I do want to try and span this journey across the last nine years, but you've had two stints as, as Liam's coach, right? Yes. Uh, we started in 2014 in August and uh, by April, the following year, um, uh, well, basically, at the start of the year, he was offered a free coach uh, in, in Mark Hilton from the LTA uh, full time. Now, Mark had been involved with me all, all through uh, and we were working well together. Uh, but for some reason, the LTA, well, I mean, he was obviously 20 years old and 150 in the world, uh, uh, wanted to give him a, a free coach. 
and uh, you know obviously he had to pay for me and and certainly in playing challenges it was a little bit strange for him to be traveling with two coaches at the same time uh, and uh, you know on the main tour that that can happen quite a bit now. Uh, I mean, Andy Murray does it quite a lot as well. Uh, funny enough with uh, Mark Hilton and uh, Johnny O'Mara. Uh, so uh, at the end of the day, I think Liam at that point, you know, decided he wanted to save some money and uh, went full time with Mark. And then 18 months later, I mean, he was ranked outside 400. And uh, he gave me a call and said, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to, to work with you again. And when, when we finished, I did say to him, look, you know, when you're ready, you know, come back. But, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, I didn't actually expect him to come back, which I think okay. was a, a big sign of, you know, desire and character that he'd reflected and decided that, you know, that I was the right guy for the job and, and wasn't too proud to, to come back and 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 since then uh we've never looked back really <laughs> i've looked back a few times <laughs> well i'm sure it's certainly not been plain sailing uh uh through the whole journey i mean it's uh it's been up and down and i mean when when we first got back together uh his confidence was so shot i i remember watching him play his first match uh in bergamo against Senego. I mean, again, good player who was young and up and coming, mm -hmm. and and I thought, wow, I'm not sure this is repairable in terms of confidence. He was so low, uh, but then I thought, you know, and I know this when players have played very good tennis and and have been, you know, up around 150, it's in there, you mm -hmm. know. Thought, come on, don't be silly. If we if we just do the work, it will come back, and uh, and and it did. It started to come back, uh, and I think uh, early on in two thousand and eighteen, which was about, um, uh, it was looking pretty good again, uh, and then after Miami, uh, we went on the clay and it had a really rough time. And uh, really and truthfully, I think he went 18 first rounds <laughs> that year. Okay. So, and most of them right after then. Uh, but it was it was strange because even after you know probably 12 first rounds or whatever, he 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 beat. Uh, uh, can't remember who he beat somebody, and then Dan Evans. And then lost okay. the Romans. Uh So even in those dark moments, there were little glimpses of 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 an ability to, you know, win some good matches. Uh, and then I think I think it it got a lot better in 2019. Uh, but there was the 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 forehand wasn't quite there. The serve wasn't quite there. And and then we had COVID, mm. and I think, I think COVID was was a big turning point because I think uh, he, you know, um, he had time to reflect and and start to realize that actually, 
you know, if, if, if he could really put things together and, 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 and do well, it's, uh, it's a, I think when you have the opportunity to play tennis, it's, it's a, it's a more fun job than, 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 than coaching tennis. And of course the upside in terms of financially is, is, is much, much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started to realize, realize that fact. And, uh, yeah, and he came out of came out of COVID and played the the pro series and played a lot of matches and won a lot of matches, and that was kind of like the launching pad into what was then a, a sudden clay court season because the French Open was in October that year, and uh, and he qualified for the French Open, and I'd say the French Open there and and leading up to the French Open is the first time that that he could really understand the potential of his forehand. And from then on, it's been... This is uh, French Open 2020, you mean? Yeah, French Open 2020. Winter one, yeah, the October one. I mean, there's obviously been, you know, you said a few ups and downs. I'm actually intrigued. Can you recall sort of his lowest ranking, let's say, in the last five years? I mean, I, I think when I started with him in... Back in 2000, and the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. No, no, no. 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we went, for, he went 14. Uh, yeah. And then, no, it was, it would have been 14, 15. That's right. Uh, end of 2015. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, sorry, I've just, just got to get my head around this. Don't worry. But listen, sorry, end of 2016 when we started again, he was at uh, like I think 4:30, and then in 2018 he dropped back uh, outside 300. So at the end of 2018 he was about 3:30. 3:30, okay. And then, um, but it's been a pretty. Point, it's well, been a, you know. He hasn't slipped back that far. He's been inside 200 uh, pretty much all the way through. Exactly. So in a way, maybe that added to the frustration in the last couple of years where he's just bounced around from from sort of near the top 100 sort of to 170, 180. And and when you're in there, you, you, you just law of averages suggest that you will break into the top 100. And when you mentioned COVID, I was thinking that you were going to talk about one or two of the frustrations, of course, because of the consequences of that. And, and maybe there was a, you know, there could have been a, a top 100 opening during that period. I mean, of course, we missed a Wimbledon in there and who knows how Liam would have done at that particular Wimbledon. We also, of course, had no points at Wimbledon last year. So there's been a few random things, let's say, that are beyond Liam's control which could also prevent delayed this day by two or three years, right? Oh, yeah. I think uh, after the COVID year, he actually, in 2021, did very well. And had there not been uh, the two-year ranking with COVID and people keeping their ranking points, uh, he would have made uh, top 100 then. So, yes, I mean, that, that was uh, a little bit frustrating. And then obviously last year... Uh, uh, with Wimbledon not having the points and making third round, that also made the 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 US swing uh, a, a, a kind of a slightly 
tougher mentally period because had he got the points from Wimbledon in in 2022 uh it you know, it, it would have been put him, you know, within striking distance of, of top 100 then. And I think you go into, you know, he would have been, you know, close to US Open, main draw. So, um, you know, it, yeah, I mean, that was another frustrating time. But I think one of the things that uh, I said to Liam actually after US Open this year, which was also disappointing because he could have mm -hmm. made 100 of the US Open and, and he, he didn't play well in qualifying at all at US Open this year. I mean, he managed to get to the last round of qualifying and lost in three sets. But it 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 was not a it was a poor match he played in that last round of qualifying. And um, uh, you know, I said to him, you know, one of the things that that I think is his great strength is that he absolutely does love playing tennis. And and there's been very few times where I felt that, you know, he, he he's not sure whether he wants to play or, um, or, or that his attitude would, would slip into, you know, you know, total despondency and feeling sorry for himself. Uh, you know, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of that, but also I think in his character, I think he, he, he 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 just loves playing tennis, and I think I think that is a, has been a big strength. That even though when things were really really bad, I didn't really struggle to get him out ever to practice. You know, we, mm -hmm. we were able to go out there and always do the work, and with a with a, I'd say an optimistic attitude that you know that somehow it would you know, get better. Obviously in matches, I'd see him feeling sorry for himself and get disappointed and, and stuff like that. But he would still come back and I could quite quickly get him focused on, come on, let's just get better, you know. And I think that that's been a big part of, you know, his resilience is, you know, actually playing tennis is a pleasure. I think it was Jimmy Connors who said, it was Jimmy Connors who said, you know, the best thing in the world is winning a tennis match. The second best thing in the world is losing a tennis match. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of that, you know, if you're out there playing tennis, it's just a great thing. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I, I see Liam uh, a lot in that, in that, uh, in that space where, you know, of course you want to win. Of course you want to make top hundred. Of course you want to do many things in tennis, but ultimately, you know, he loves playing tennis. And at the end of the day, that's a big, big part of it. I mean, for Liam, it's been a, a, a kind of a 12 year journey. I mean, you could ask you, it's been a 25 year journey, but I'm, I'm thinking back to the 2011 boys final as a <clears throat> sort of an announcement of his talent um, at 17, when he when he made that final bit that he, he didn't win it against Saville. And then, of course, you mentioned some of the highs and lows and the, the point that you joined the team and then rejoined as well at the end of 2016. The last 12 months, did it feel like an inevitability without being complacent that this day would come? Um, I think I've learned from hard-earned experience and with 
you know, I'd say the first time I learned, well, when I really learned this lesson was with Andrew Richardson. So Andy was about 128 in the world. And, you know, everybody was like, for sure, he's going to make top 100. You know, and, and it looked bolted on. And at that point in time, if you'd asked me to stake my house on it, I would have done it. Mm. Uh, you know, but things happened and, you know, some, you know, beyond his control and some within his control. But at the end of the day, uh, he never did make the top hundred. And, and that was something that really stuck with me is that, you know, nothing in tennis can be taken for granted. So whilst it felt like, and I knew Liam had the level and, and, you know, even, you know, I think, I think after he beat Casper Ruud at Wimbledon, um, you know, to, to do something like that on center court, you know, not many players can do that. Um, I felt like, okay, if he can stay healthy and, and, you know, stay in the same mental space um it 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 really needs to happen this year and but at the same time you know it's just a little bit circumspect because of the Andrew Richardson experience and that you know it you know if if, if the wheels fall off suddenly then you know it it, it can get tough and if you know um you know, he didn't have many points to defend, so he was in a great position to do it. Uh, but still, you still got to do it. You still got to win matches, and you got to win tough matches. I mean, the challenges, you know, which you've seen a lot. I mean, these are, you know, really, really, you know, tough, tough competitors, tough matches. So you can't take anything for granted at all. And uh, I'm just really pleased for him that he's you know gotten over the line because whether we like it or not top 100 is the holy grail of tennis and and you know you know i think somebody who's 101 is no worse than somebody who's 90 but if you haven't got those double digits next to your name you know in tennis unfortunately it it's kind of like you haven't quite made it you know uh but i think uh you know to to be in that place and and of course so few people can you know make the top 100 uh it it, it it it's a special thing to achieve but you know like i've said to him the next step is you know he needs to try and get the highest ranking in his household because naomi i think her career highest was like 74 okay you know, he's still not the best player ever to come out of a Brody family yet. So, <laughs> so you know, he's got a nice target to, to aim for for the end of the year. I mean, you mentioned how he's not had many points to defend in recent months. Obviously, Wimbledon 2021, no points. Uh, sorry, Wimbledon 2022, no points. <clears throat> 2023, of course, did have points, which was obviously quite cool in that Liam obviously got to the third round, four, uh, third round there this yeah. year. Um but we do have some points to defend, for example, in Tel Aviv coming up. Um, I don't know in terms of whether Liam, whether that adds to a bit of pressure now that he's in the top 100. I mean, the goal, of course, I mean, it, to, to the broader audience, by the way, the, the top 100, of course, has a ring to it. 
it's a great goal to have. And of course, when you're in the top 100 players in the world, you know that's something that you, you'll always remember. However, there is a broader goal, and that is, of course, to make the main draw in Australia. There's a gap in the calendar now of about three or four months, of course, before that tournament takes place. So, you know, there's probably is there a mixture of things going on now, Liam? Is it sorry, Liam, <laughs> David? Is there a mixture of things going on now in terms of hanging on? You know, trying to get top ninety, top eighty, or how does this mentally now play play out for the next three or four months? I mean, I think you know the schedule we've we made at uh, at US Open for the the rest of the year. I mean, I had a pretty good idea even before that. Uh, you know, we've made one ad adjustment. Um, we were due to go to Astana uh, this weekend. But, I mean, you know, we felt if we went deep in Saint-Tropez, uh, it's such a long way to go. It's it's not really the right time. Um, so uh, he pulled out of Astana and he's going to play Bratislava Challenger kind of as a replacement in, in two weeks' time. And that's when we hook up again because I'm actually not with him in Saint-Tropez. Mm -hmm. um, even the coach has to have time out once in a while. <laughs> uh, then, then you know, he plays Stockholm and uh, hopefully qualifying of either Vienna or Basel and then okay. uh, possibly Paris or Bergamo. Um, or Ismaining, the, the German challenger, mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in place of Paris, and then Tel Aviv again. So there's a lot of tennis still to be played this year. And, you know, given the form that he's got, I would say that uh, uh, he he's in a very, very good position to defend those points in Tel Aviv before he gets there. I mean, really, if he wins this tournament or, or, or makes final, he's gone a long way to to really uh, doing that already. I mean, once one goal has been achieved, there's always another goal ahead. And of course, now the goal is, you know, to keep going up the rankings. And as I mentioned before, fingers crossed, make the main draw. The, the, the cutoff is generally around about 100 in the world. Is that right? I mean, 100. If everybody plays 104, it tends to end up around about 106, 108, uh, you know, yeah. depending on who plays or doesn't play in, in, in the top 100 and how many protected rankings there are. Um, so, yeah, I would say, yeah, I mean, I'd say if he's, if he's 100 and four, five, or six, he's probably going to make main draw of, of, of ours. Uh, but, you know, I think I would prefer that, you know, he we, we go to Australia, you know, 80, 70 in the world. You yeah, know, right. And, and you know, not having to, to worry about points next year, really. Just go next year and have a really good swing at the, at the main tour. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, also, the, the further up he goes in the next few weeks or months, may well secure him main draws for Paris and who knows, even New York as well. Um, yes, that's right. I mean, the aim is to play all main draws of all four slams next year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so, whilst it, it, it's, it's a really nice moment, um, nothing really changes because 
you know, he, he's a tennis player and, and ranking is obviously important in giving you access to, to all the big tournaments and, and access to more and more tournaments and, and, you know, hopefully 1000s main draws and stuff like that in the future. But the reality is, you know, as a player, you want to go deep in, in, in bigger tournaments and, and, you know, maybe, you know, win, win something, uh, on the main tour, which is really what you're playing for. You're playing for the crowds and, and, and to, you know, go deep in tournaments and, and, and try to win tournaments. And that's, and that's, and that's the, the, the real buzz in order to be in that position more often, you need the rankings. So rankings obviously are really, really important to put yourself in a position where you can actually, you know, have a go at some of the, the fun stuff and, and have a go at the best players in the world as well. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I felt that, you know, the Medvedev match in Doha was very telling. I felt he, his maturity level in that match uh, and the way he played that match was the catalyst to him beating Kasper Ruud at, at, okay. at Wimbledon. I think what he learned from the Medvedev match um, was, was the catalyst to, to, to that result. So things build and, 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 you know, I'm certainly never, you know, and, and I wrote something, I wrote a book called Locker Room Power, as you know, mm -hmm. and when I first started with Liam, I wrote him a note in the front of that book of what I believed he could achieve. And I still believe that. And, and, you know, I hope that, he now is gaining greater and greater belief that this is not just a pipe dream. It's actually something that's attainable. Right. I mean, he's got a match to lay. I know there's lots of things going on in the live chat. I'll try and address one or two of them, but we've only got five more minutes. And, and one or two of the things in the live chat, by the way, we have already touched upon. So please, if you are watching this retrospectively or just joining, make sure you go back to the video and, and watch from the beginning. And hopefully some of your questions will be addressed. Um, there's obviously a match today. And have you spoken to Liam? I guess you've spoken to him in the last 12, 18 hours since. I spoke to him last night. Yeah. yeah. And, and was a part of that conversation, um, Dave, if that's okay to ask, is, is you know, just obviously we've got a tennis match to play and a tennis tournament right now still to play. Yes, I mean, I think, I mean, the first part of the conversation obviously was, you know, I'm very, very proud of him for achieving this because it's it's a, not an easy achievement. It's something, you know, um, that we've been striving for, especially in the last two years, as you know, the last three years, you know, since, since it's been on and, and, you know, we've been through the, you know, how close he's been on, on a number of occasions. So to actually break through is, is just a lovely moment. And, uh, but then after that, it, it was the discussion immediately went round to, okay, you know, Elbot today, he's played him before, went through a couple mm -hmm. of points uh, and, and yeah, and, get his head in the place to, to, to play today. And, and today will be interesting because I, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll be nice and relaxed. The fact that, you know, he now has cracked the top hundred, um, 
you know, I've always felt that if he did crack the top 100, he'd truly relax and, and then we'd start to see the very best of him. And, and I do believe that. And I hope it starts today. Uh, the only question mark I have is having broken the top 100, I'd say it's for him quite a big emotional moment. Mm. You know, it's what you've been striving for for a long time. Whether a bit too much adrenaline and stuff passed yesterday and that, you know, he comes out a bit flat today, mm. which I hope doesn't happen. Um, and, and that, you know, the former happens, but there's a danger of that happening given it, it was, a you know, effectively the biggest milestone he's had to cross. Yeah. So far. I mean, just as we we'll sort of bring this to a close <clears throat> now we've got to this, this point, there are, we've seen so many examples on, on with both possibilities here of, of going down one way or another. Uh, I can see some Manchester City comments in the chat as well, of course, and, and I'm sure people are aware of Liam's uh, affiliations there. But yeah, so where where he could go um, and where play, players and sports people go, I, I, I can think of, I can think of somebody like Michael Schumacher. I can think of somebody like Arena Sabalenka. And these two individuals in particular spring to mind when it comes to they get the monkey off the back. And in Schumacher's case, it was just winning that world championship for Ferrari. Uh, I know he'd won a couple with Benton before that, but that was such a big thing for him over the several years. Sabalenka, of course, had this Grand Slam story that she just couldn't quite get over the, the semi-final line at least. And then finally she broke the, the duck this year in Australia. And with those two, we, I just thought to myself, these two people are so motivated and love what they do so much that I actually think now they've lost that that anxiety of not quite getting over the line, we're going to see the best versions of them. And Schumacher went on to win, I think, four or five world championships seven. in a seven. seven, seven yeah, so with, with Ferrari, five, yes. Five in, so five in a row, I think it was, yeah. um, with Ferrari. And with Sabalenka, I do, I know she's had a couple of hiccups this year, but basically she's just had an incredible year. I mean, she's obviously world number one. And, and, I, and I think she's, she's bearing fruit to what I suggested in January after she got over the line. However, there's also a Dominic team sort of example of somebody who who struggled after winning the US Open to keep that motivation and that excitement and that and that tension that you need because it's that's what it's about right David it's a balance between being tense enough to care enough but not being too tense and therefore being nervous does that kind of make sense yeah I think I mean that's the the hardest thing about sport is is you know being relaxed, you know, I've said this before on, on, on the show here is the, the best players in the world are the most relaxed and the bravest. Mm -hmm. um, and I think to get to that place, um, you, you know, it, it's what makes it mentally so difficult is you, whilst tennis is the most important thing pretty much in your life as a player, you have to play like you don't care. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and, and that's, you know, that, and, and get to the place where your focus is not distracted by thoughts of what could or can't happen. Rather, the focus staying on, you know, let's see what unfolds. Play every match just to see what unfolds you know, and deal with each adversity in the match as it comes along and not kind of build a lot of stories in your head 
while the match is going on as to what could or couldn't happen. Um, and I think I think the best players stay in the present the, the best because they're much more accepting of just dealing with each situation as it comes along. You know, I mean, I, I remember Bjorn Borg saying, you know, yeah, if, if you miss an opportunity, you work to make another one. <laughs> you know, and some, but sometimes those opportunities would be like, you know, match point at Wimbledon or, or something like that. But the mindset was, okay, you just work to make another one, you know, and, 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 and that's what I mean by relaxed. And, and being relaxed is not, you know, oh, it's just going to come to me. Being relaxed is actually accepting, but also working so, so hard to make that next opportunity. There, there's no there's no entitlement that, you know, somehow because you, you know, number one in the world is just going to come your way. You still have to work incredibly hard for it. And I think, you know, obviously that's, you know, what I'm hoping that, that you know, continues now that that Liam and I, I you know I'm, I'm I'm fairly confident that you know he he will now relax that little bit more and that his best tennis is still ahead of him cool great words for us I think to finish on um for those of you just tuning in make sure you hit the like button don't forget to subscribe check out Dave Samuel's um podcast as well give Dave a follow on Twitter as well blah 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 um uh, there was one more thing. Don't remember. Oh, yeah. Well, Liam's going to play today. So also for those tuning in, uh, go to the cha ATP website. You can pretty much see all challenger matches there, including yeah. Liam's semifinal later on today. So tune in uh, to that as well. And you can watch all challenger matches for free. And I think it's a lot something that maybe a lot of tennis fans are not aware of that. Not just that these tennis matches are going on outside yeah. of the big, the big bubble, if you like, of, of tennis, but also that there's free access to them, too. Yes, and and honestly, the 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 level of challenger tennis is is so high now. There's really, you know, between sort of, you know, I'd say fifty in the world and one hundred and fifty in the world is is it's just a little bit of consistency. Really, the level is 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 very very similar, and uh, and I think uh, you can see some absolutely great tennis matches on the challenger tour dave um it's a nice day but it could be an even better one of course uh if liam yes. does go on to make the final and i'm sure we'll be um touching base again soon so thanks for your time today brilliant thanks for having me as usual and tennis world thanks for stopping by and you know the drill if you enjoyed this video make sure you hit that like button don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.